Welcome to this broadcast. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive each other. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. I was just having a little thought there in the middle of meditating and saying the prayer. And that's how I kind of just stopped a little bit. Um. Yeah. I think that we have to really be mindful that when we're saying these things like, you know, forgive us as we forgive each other, we're talking about a group of people who are God's people. So when we come to this together and we're talking about fellowship, we're talking about what we're doing for each other, we're mainly talking about this in terms of God's people. We are talking about... um the encouragement of all people, I've always done this, um, all people no matter what, but at the same time, you know, definitely not get in any way sucked into or behaving like the pagans might do. So whilst you think, right, okay, um, that could mean so many different things, okay? Ultimately, we do have to trust in God, but there is a specific calling in ways that we must live in terms of that righteousness. So we're righteous by God, but that in and of itself requires a very deep commitment to know what is being righteous in God and how to walk the path forward. Because it's not just like, oh, you're covered with a cloak and that's it. No, it's the cloak or the robe of righteousness in God is protective, but it's also it's also a cloak and a robe of conversion, of furtherance in conversion. It is protective in the ascension, yes, because that has to happen. Um, and as we ascend, we don't always know that before when we were doing something that God is calling us to something um, more than that because we're in process this is the life we've been given this is the heritage but by thanks and by the grace of God we're able to do this in God's care but only in God's care can we really do it and have that furtherance in conversion as we go but it's not simply a robe and you just do whatever and you know the path is wide and that's it it's not like that it takes truly it's not just any robe. It is truly about being with God and under God's submission, God's righteous robe, therefore, not anything else. It's not just a matter of words and something that's, you know, written in a Bible. It's about actual spiritual awareness. In any case, moving forward, um, we're going to really look at this. It's 12.21 as I'm broadcasting. What an interesting number. We're going to be moving on anyway and we're going to talk about righteousness in God coming up again this Friday in a way whichever is called um, in the spirit through that prayer time. It's going together so wonderfully. It's absolutely amazing. So far the recording is just so, so good and so rich and it's been a blessing an absolute blessing and a gift from God to be able to record this. So I give thanks to God for that. 
thanks to all of you joining and thanks to how you will go forward and be blessed by it and how it will change your life and what that will also bring back to all of us in the shape and form of a greater world together. So we heard about how, you know, there's this fall of paganism. So continually, um, you know, as Daniel talks about it, as if it's something outside. It is, it is, it is. It's absolutely, you know, the corona is burning off and burning off and, and inside each of us, this type of um, conversion that's happening as we say more yes to God, then we're dropping any pagan gods. Even if we think, well, we're not, we don't have pagan gods. We're not, you know, even, let's just look at this. So it's um the 28th of October right now, okay? So we've got, for example, we have... um. All Saints Day, All Souls Day coming up and before that the pagan kind of celebration would be Halloween but that has links to obviously to those religious points as well and some might say well if something's too religious it then becomes pagan so which one's more pagan? <laughs> the one that is just a laugh and a fun and doesn't judge is that not more like God than the other one, which is very rigid and routine, and Jesus told us to break away from that. Well, it depends. It actually all depends. And again, this is what we talk about. It's about the relationship with God. It's about that actual relationship with God. It depends what the intentions are, what all of um, your entire mindful being is about it. I think the point is, is that if you're not mindful, you don't really know what you're doing. Now, um, I am very focused in my level of conversion. I'm very focused on Advent, Christmas and all these things right now, even in this time, because I'm in that preparation mode. I've got to be like um, major steps ahead anyway. And that is just the main focus. It's always going to be something that's godly. It's always going to be something that's of God and good rather than that of which isn't so it just it naturally comes to us that we're just as we ascend and as we convert more and more our purpose becomes more clear and um more evolved to a point where we're just more embracing things rather than saying oh that or such and such is terrible it's just more about embracing God's will at a higher level more and more each time right so (laughs) if I'm to be for example, putting my awareness at God who is respect for his creation, right? Okay, we all know there's defense too, that's fine, but that has to come through God first. But if I, for example, start to focus away from that and focus morbidly on death in such a way as quite often the more kind of like recent sort of Halloween ideas of things would do, then would I be on track and successful or would I be off track and very unsuccessful? Yeah, so it's pretty clear to see, isn't it? Um, However, I've never celebrated in that way like Halloween in my entire life. So thanks be to God. But we have, we've, I mean, we've dressed up, we've just had fun with it, but it's been in the grace of God. It's not been... Um, anything out with that or whatever so I'm just thankful for that 
I actually even have an orange candle right now. I've got one with pumpkins, but it's more geared towards like harvest time and that kind of thing of harvesting that, which is good. I must say it does have a sticker on the other side. I just turn it round, but it is beautiful. It smells nice. I can't say it's pumpkin spice or anything like that. It does say trick or cheap. Obviously, the, that's not the idea behind it. We've got some interesting looking pumpkins. Um, but yeah, I don't even look at that part. One of them's smiling. The top one's smiling. That's good. Um, and yeah, it's a scented candle. That's about... Ah, oh, smells lovely. Um, that's about the only thing we've got. We did actually have our own... Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's actually coming out. It's jar. That's very good. I'll be able to reuse that jar and recycle it. Anyway, back to this. Um... We did get a pumpkin, we did carve like stars in it and we had like the lights in it already and things and we attempted to make, when I say we, I'm talking about me and my family, we did attempt to make pumpkin cake and I was going to try and make pumpkin pie. I do remember when I was over staying with my friend Jessica um, in America, we did have um, pumpkin pie I think and ice cream I remember her mum making that was so kind such a lovely family um yeah so I thought maybe I'll be able to do that <laughs> I will get there one of these harvest years um with pumpkins we shall see but pumpkins sort of like yeah I suppose you can still get it in a tinned way and uh I use it that way you try make pumpkin pie and ice cream but that side <laughs> veering off a little bit um it's not to make gods of these things and that's the whole point it's putting god first but mindfully doing so having that is the central focus and then that's your successful route being navigated forward in that way so yeah it's all about making sure that's the ultimate overall focus so yeah i think it's clear from that what would be successful and what would not be so getting back to this, Righteousness in God, I do um, have some great content. I'm really looking forward to this. It's absolutely beautiful. So I've got it all started out already. And um, I have been speaking with uh, Dawn as well. And um, yes, so that's all been going really well, really good. And... Yeah, I think we'll probably leave it at that. But you do check out the broadcasts on Friday. Um, and that'll be Friday the 30th of October 2020. It's two days away now. So on the third evening from now, not this evening, not tomorrow evening, but the third evening friday evening depending on when you're getting this it will be available for you still god willing so we're also going to have we've got remembrance day coming up we've got armistice um you know peace basically from world war one and remembrance sunday coming up um so a very important time i have got our wreath here already it is a very interesting one and it is based upon the regiment that my papa was in which is the Gloucestershire regiment 
from air in Scotland, but yes, got um, placed and directed by Divine Providence within the Gloucestershire Regiment. So uh, he didn't take part in World War One as he was young at that time. Papa was actually involved in World War Two. However, um, World War One. What we're doing is it's really saying thanks to obviously everybody from all the services, but Papa's regiment, and um, who has gone basically before him in that regiment, um, to help out in various different uh, missions and things like that but it's really basically honouring his regiment um, and thinking about all of those in honour of all of those really no matter what regiments or what services they're in but for everybody really and to honour all through honouring his particular regiment so that's what that's about and um that's all, as I say, that's all ready and set. So we shall see about that. Very, very big time at the moment because it's going to set the course for how things go in the future. Um, it will set the course for a long time to come, I believe, with regards to this Remembrance Sunday on 2020. It's about the vision. When we talk about 2020, we talk about the vision. We also think to hindsight as well. But I predicted that this year in particular through uh, contemplation and prayer with God, this year of 2020 would be a great year that would really help guide us all in years to come by the visions that we're able to be disciplined in making in accordance with God, but also by the way in which we follow through with those and understand God's vision to us, um, as well as that of anything that we learn from hindsight too. It is going to be a bit of both in all and everything in 2020. It's about vision, perfect vision, but it's also that sometimes, you know, we're going to have to look at um, hindsight and learn as well and take that going forward. So it's a wonderful time just to kind of like think about that. I mean, as I think about the regiment, I've got to be expressly clear that, you know, um, the type of family that we have going forward um, is Papa. Uh, certainly is from the Gloucestershire Regiment and um, his part and his role um, is not really <clears throat> something that has been deeply talked about and what it has, it has in many ways but not by me specifically in this way or in any um, great depth and I think the main point is that of you know sovereign defence from a much of a kind of a higher realm if you like um and I know that my dad eh, as far as I am aware but then again that's what I know my dad certainly hasn't been in any regimental forces um up front or labelled or paid by or anything like that and his service was entirely 100% 
in and of himself. And my dad actually was the one that saved us. Although many of you, many of us did save each other together. If it wasn't for the call from God, so we talk about dad as the father and united in the father. Um, as if it wasn't for God calling me through my own father on earth and now spiritually, then we would never have got home safe when everything happened with the 9-11. So really at this time, when we're coming up to Remembrance Sunday, we're not just thinking about World War One. We're thinking about people like Papa and following regiments and all services and all people of all regiments um, around the world who have helped each other. But we're also thinking of those that are volunteers, we're thinking of those that have laid their life down, um, not for medals, not for pay, and actually um, 100% um, for God in every way above all pagan gods, but putting absolute the one God first. So we also have to look at that and the, the variations within each of our families, that that's the position that I come to with as well and who I am that I have both of those aspects in my ancestral links too. We're looking at Matthew 22 in direction with God today and this is very interesting as everything comes from that relationship with God. <clears throat> And I was thinking about the different, the four different kinds. As we heard, you know, Israel talk about um, in the Feast of Tabernacles and how they shake the four kinds to all the different corners. And this symbolizes the coming together of all the different levels of people from the Jewish religion or that Jewish people and I look at that as actually all people from God but all at different phases within the ascension process and dependent upon our level of ability to hear and then to be obedient our self-belief our faith in God is dependent upon where we will go with God in that way um, and the way in which we do that. And it says here, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king. Let's go back to this, to the start, okay? So Matthew and it's chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner and all things Hang on a second. I was just having a deep thought there. Sorry about that, folks. 
don't worry, it's not brain fog. It's actually <clears throat> not going through that. But what happens with me is, is that the ascension is so high that information will come in that is really important. And in obedience to that, I cannot fail to take that on board because it's so vitally important. And I just got information come through in terms of revelation about this. Um, at the time of reading this, I'm thinking back to someone else um, who in their own video was also talking about this. But that same group of people have also placed upon their Facebook page something with regards to a group of people who are doing something entirely different with what um, Catholics call the wedding feast. Of course, you know, I look at it as a very, like, you know, spiritual thing. I have spiritual communion. Yes, I will have, um, you know, earthly communion too, but not in the same way as many of my Catholic friends. Like, I won't say the same words. I will say it in a reformed way because... I have to be obedient to the new levels of understanding that I have. And because I've, Jesus is a builder, okay? So unless you build with Jesus, you build in vain, right? So if you're constantly offering up sacrifices when Jesus says, I am the once and for all sacrifice, obviously we know what that means. So we have to build with Jesus and not build with other foreign gods. So that being said, I do love all my people and all peoples that are, you know, trying their best in the ascension process. So they put out something the other night about basically the antithesis of what they're trying to do in terms of that wedding feast is turned into something else. And that also has symbolic meanings in the world as well. But they've popped that out there. You can go and have a look on ascension if you want to find out more. But I look ask you really to put God first um, and also listen to this very carefully but that's what was coming across there and I think if you listen with that type of knowledge and understanding and ask the Holy Spirit for further guidance and wisdom you'll maybe just understand the depth of importance of this particular piece and I'll carry on the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. I'm just going to say here that on this particular part I'm reading is the King James Version and it's um, a Bible app I'm reading from today so that I could go straight to Matthew as I was guided in the Spirit for uh, chapter 22. And so upon looking at this, I can tell you that in italics, in other words, what's really, um, you know, highlighted here are the words my and are. And my is highlighted once and the word are is highlighted twice. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, heard thereof he was wroth 
and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which are bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. This is the exact um, thinking here of this, that all are really being called to be of God and to put their obedience there. But because of our ascension path, because of life and learning and trying to come into furtherance of understanding, many different people will be at different levels in accordance with this and what to do about it. Now, some people may get one aspect of God but may not entirely understand. Um, for example, there is a call to walk in faithfulness, walk in faithfulness, but it's not walking in a blind faithfulness that is not with God and that is of the world. It's a walking in a, yes, often a blind faithfulness, but a faithfulness in, in the light that can also see as well and understand and comprehend, but it's with God. Now, there's two ways to look at this. We need to understand that is very important with regards to just, um, you know, saying, oh, well, we're just going to do this, like with coronavirus, how people are out having um, protests in places like Berlin and things like that. And it's kind of like, well, where is your faith for this? Is it coming from a place that's orderly and ordered? Well, your steps are going to be orderly and ordered. Or is your one based upon merchandise and is it based on false and foreign gods or many of the worldly things? What is it that is driving you to take upon the position that you're taking? And that's the question that we need to have. Is our faithfulness one that is driven by God? And if so, for some, it might be very much to the point where they're able to be at the wedding feast wearing their wedding garments knowing fully well what on earth they're doing where they are where they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to be there with for others it can be at a, a point in time where they may be too very highly called and um, they may be you know of good intent but they're not quite there in terms of the wisdom level or they have another role entirely um, and maybe they are um, still there wearing their garments there's others that just do not hear the call or don't hear it because they're being called to their merchandise they're being called to the things of the world what was the other thing 
Where were they being called to? Where did they go back to? Let's have a look. Um, yeah, their farms or their merchandise. So here you've got people being called to that. And if they feel they can't do that, you know, they've been called to the wedding, but here they are up in arms. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to the wedding feast. I'm not going to do what God says. And so, well, what happens is God's saying they're going to be left to the weeping and gnashing of teeth left outside in the darkness. So we're talking about, we're, let's just make this clear. It's not darkness as in, we know that, that nighttime is lovely because you can get to rest in peace and you see the stars out in the sky. It's not about the colour of black. It's not about people that are of a particular culture. It's not that that we're talking about. It's just used in a particular way to mean that in this spiritual sense, people will be left to darkness, i.e. they won't know what to do. So they're left in darkness. And albeit that can be a protective stage for them because if it wasn't the right time for them to be in that place, then they need still time in the darkness. Even as I was talking about, about seeds and seedlings in the soil, and we've heard many people say this as well, that they're in that um, darkness, they're being nurtured there, they're being kept in that place until the right time of fruition. So there's many different reasons for why people are in that way, but some it might not be, you know, a nurturing or a a point like that. (coughs) For some, it really is a deeper kind of darkness, unfortunately. Um, But this also can link to, in some ways, what they were talking about over on Ascension. So I would definitely um, refer back there as well and put God first, as I say, put this one first, uh, and pray to God and then go and, and listen to that or look at it rather as well. I think they might have, maybe they've got a podcast on it, I don't know, it might just be a written version. I haven't read really into it because I felt guided um, to veer away from it. Okay, so um, we're going to go on to this. Yeah, because I don't want, we do not want to be in verse 13. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and be cast and cast him into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, I would say, be very careful. Don't be sent into getting too embroiled in that post over there on Ascension because you don't want you been <laughs> back down the ladder into that uh, point. So make sure, as I said, vitally important that you put this one first. You put God first in prayer. Put this one first. And then if you want, go and look at that, but do not get embroiled in it. But just for your your sake of understanding. Okay. Um, for many people are called, but few are chosen. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples and the Herodians saying, Master, we know thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Who is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the thing which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. 
When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him <laughs> and went their way. I'm just thinking about this, like, oh my goodness gracious, the ascension path. But, you know, these are the paths. But there is that boundary path which you have to cut, um, I wouldn't say cut over, but jump over um, in the way, but still in respect, because obviously um, Caesar was there in possession due to God. So, you know, but what this is saying is, and I'm sorry, but I really did think what would happen if I put that on the regimental badge. I'm not going to, but well, I'll do whatever God wants me to do, but um, what seems right and appropriate and respectful, I wouldn't really say it's very appropriate at the moment, but um, it's essential to really look at, you know, what even this means. I mean, look, the regimental badge of the Gloucestershire Regiment actually has the word Egypt on it. And the Israelites... That's, you know, our kingdom is based upon the Israelites coming out of, of Egypt and um, free from the bondage of slavery. So Egypt not as in the place. We're not looking about cultural or just the country or like looking at it as in like a racial way. But we're just looking at it in the supernatural way and what it stands for in the Bible. So we can look at it metaf metaphorically. That is like a time of bondage and slavery. And if you think about that. If people are putting are not able to put God first, they have to be in bondage and slavery to something. So, you know, don't don't harm or uh, what was it? <laughs> what's the word for it? Don't think um harmful of the ones that you're in bondage to just because you cannot put God first. That's your problem. Um, <laughs> that's your problem. But you will be saved and helped by the links of Caesar and all, as just as I am, and I am put in a position, um, spiritually, of um, obviously serenity. And so when I look at that, I'm looking at it with the wisdom that God gives me at this level, that the Gloucestershire Regiment, although it has the badge with the Egyptian Sphinx on it, and it does have Egypt that particular regiment are highly successful and a big part of sealing off that area of Egypt, bringing people out of the bondages of slavery that um, Egypt were in and could have continued to suffer from. Now, they come away from there just even as the Israelites come out of Egypt too, as we talk about that. So they come out of that they're not of that, but the badge actually still says Egypt on it. And I'm thinking that is really interesting. That is really, really interesting. So obviously next year we need to make sure that we're careful about that because we don't want to be um, in the way, you know, giving sort of inclinations to the metaphorical aspect or the spiritual aspect of being somehow in bondage and slavery in Egypt again that's this is not a racial or cultural thing it is something you have to look at and listen to with wisdom and understanding you need to seek counsel if you're not sure about that so just be very careful and wise it's about the the teaching of the bible you need the holy spirit to discern to understand it beyond the racial aspect or the cultural so coming out of the bondage of slavery 
seeing that there, that that's got Egypt on it, I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this? I really need to think how and what do we do? They certainly didn't fall in Egypt, but we're doing this for, I suppose, maybe those who did, those that did, and all the other services and regiments who um, fought to save uh, future generations and bring about peace for people like you and me. So we are looking at that in that way, but I need to be very careful about what that actually means and pray about it and be very discerning. Um, in any case, this does all link to this. What is Caesar's give unto Caesar? And what <clears throat> is God's give unto God. And as I say this, I think, well, everything belongs to God, really, doesn't it? Everything belongs to God. And so what's God's will? Well, you think, well, what's God's will? And you see what's there. You pray about it. You listen in your heart and you follow the commands, the commandments. And so from there, this is very, very clear that there's a stepping up point, a stepping up point for only very few who are chosen. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, there are with us seven brethren and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also and the third unto the seventh and last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living Oh my goodness, glory to God. That is the proof that I was wanting today. Um, in the Catholic teaching, in the catechism, it talks about, you know, I've been like listening um, to different talks on like marriage, divorcing and annulments. How fun. Of course, going beyond that, because we're not allowed to just look at the law, we have to look at God, put God first. Okay? We have to be under the righteousness of God. So I'm like, right, that means you know, um, well, the, 
priest there was like, um, yeah, so people when they're in heaven, they, um, they don't marry, you don't, you know, they'll be like special and important to each other, but they don't marry. And, um, and he's like, yeah, most people are like, oh, and I was like, oh, that is actually really sad. And I have heard another priest say this as well. Like, I think he did a video on it many years ago and he talks about it and he's like, in heaven, nobody's married. No, that's not what it says. And the first thing that came to me was nothing is impossible unto God. Nothing. So I thought, no, that's not true because nothing's impossible unto God and we're not meant to be living in hell on earth we're meant to be living in heaven on earth so actually if heaven on earth is the way we're supposed to be living then as we are living we would actually be in heaven which is living heaven on earth and therefore you would be able to get married because God is not the God of the dead God is the God of the living and so the resurrection part is the in-between part it's not in heaven. The resurrection is moving into heaven, moving into life. Okay. So that being said, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, remember, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Let's go back to that. For in the resurrection, they're neither married nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Okay. So in heaven, so that's between, obviously, death. Well, the resurrection is between death and heaven. In heaven, angels are not people. They're not people. So there's a different level. There's different levels. However, during the resurrection, people are like the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Wow. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. That is brilliant. 